Alright, so first of all, big shkayach to uh, Avi Milon for sponsoring the Kavu Hanukkah. The Kavu, the Kavu, the Tzudah Saidah, the Hatzol that he had when he was a little baby. The Rabbanu Shalom should give... Where, where is he? Is he around? He's around, sorry. He's around, so he's taking care of things. The Rabbanu Shalom should bless him and his whole mishpacha with only continued shefa, bracha, v'atzlacha, ad belid dai. Okay, so Hanukkah is a deep yontif. Hanukkah is a deep yontif. So I want to talk about an Indian that, I, 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 it's a very deep Indian, but it's something that's also very practical and I think very necessary for all of us, especially in the world that we live in today. All Hanukkah is really about the Jewish people's struggle with how to deal with the nations of the world. That's really what it's about. Every other Yontif, the Rabbanu Shalom took us out, Mitzrayim, Pesach, and so on, it's, uh, it's Vishnons, you know. But Hanukkah was a yontif that was all about Kali Yisrael's struggle with the nations of the world. We were forced politically and socially to interact and to be involved with the world of Yavan. And that's what Hanukkah is about, trying to deal with that. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight a little bit for a few minutes. What's our Indian with the nations of the world? What's our relationship with them? How should we look at them? How should they look at us? How much involved, not involved? What, what exactly is our cash with them? It's a very big sogya. But it's very necessary. The world that we live in is, uh, we have no choice but to be involved with the nations of the world. So what's our yachas with them? What's our relationship? So begin like this. Now, Hanukkah, one of the major inyanim that we find for Hanukkah is a strong connection between Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. With Yosef and Yehuda, we find this very strong in Hanukkah. L'mashal. The connections between Hanukkah and Yosef so we know that Yosef at Tzaddik in these parashas, first of all, it, it lands in these parashas of Yosef and Yehuda. That's what Hanukkah always is. Yosef is described with his mother Rachel as being very beautiful, very handsome, very beautiful on the outside. And the whole Indian of Hanukkah is Mahadrin, Mahadrin, Minna Mahadrin, to beautify the mitzvah, more beauty, more beauty, light. Yosef at Tzaddik, Yosef at Tzaddik is a Jew that was by himself among the nations of the world. So he placed the menorah by the doorway or by the window. It's inside, but yet it's affecting outside. It's struggling, just like Yosef Tzadik struggled to be alone, but to be part of the world. Hanukkah is also connected with Yehuda. The 36 candles of Hanukkah, we light 36 candles all together besides the Shamash. 36 candles equals big match the word Leah. The word Leah also is the same letters as Oyel, which means a tent means inside the home. Again, we put the, the Hanukkah by the door. And this Indian, this struggle between Yosef and Yehuda, this, this connection, Yosef is big Yavan. there's a number of hints to Yosef and Yehuda in, these, in the Indian of Hanukkah. So let's understand what that means. What exactly is this Indian of Yosef and Yehuda being brought together through the light of Hanukkah? That's number one. Number two. The Golos of Yavam, the exile of Greece, really began before the story of Hanukkah. The, 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 the head of that world of Yavam, that world of Greece, is a very funny person. He's a very funny personality, and it's very hard to figure out in Chazal whether we like him, we don't like him, we respect him, we don't respect him, and that's Alexander, Alexander the Great. He was the great king, the great empire, the, he built the empire of Greece. What's fascinating is like this, is we all know that the name Alexander is a Jewish name. How did it get to be a Jewish name? 
So you know the Maisa, the Gemara tells us the Maisa that when Alexander Mukhtan, when Alexander the Great was about to conquer Eretz Yisrael and so on, the Jewish people were very nervous about this. So Shimon HaTzadik, the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen Gadol came up to greet Alexander. And it's a whole thing that Alexander said that he respected Shimon HaTzadik very much because whenever he went out to war, he had a dream and Shimon HaTzadik would appear to him in a dream, giving him chizik and telling him that he's going to be Matzliach. And so Alexander all of a sudden had very great respect for the Kohen Gadol. And in order to make sure that there would be shalom between Alexander and the Jewish people, the Beis HaMikdash wouldn't be destroyed, so Mimela, what uh, Shimon HaTzadik did, the agreement that was made, was that every boy that was born in that year would be named Alexander. And that's how the name Alexander becomes part of the Jewish people. This is a Pella. This is a Pella. That the, 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 the beginning of Malchus Yavan, the essence of Malchus Yavan, that goes down in history as he is the builder of the Greek Empire, which is Alexander Mokhtan, Alexander the Great. And the whole Indian of Yavan, the Golas of Yavan, is our, our fight, our effort to disengage from the nations of the world, to keep our Yiddishkeit and our culture private and pure and pristine, and to reject any influence from the outside world as personified in Yavan. And specifically through the hands of the Chashmolim, the Kahanim. Kahanim are known as, within the Jewish people, the great Miyuchasim. They, they, they hold on to their Yichas. Very, very strong. That's what a Kayin is. So the whole Indian of Hanukkah is what? The whole Indian of our relationship with Yavin is what? Is that Yavin wants to influence us. And the Kahanim, leading the charge of Hanukkah, fight back that tide. And they protect the Jewish people. They insulate us. They, call, they protect our Yichas. That's what Hanukkah is. And so the Pili Ploim, the wonder of wonders, is that the Kayin Gadol of, of the base of this Bayesheni, Shimat Sadik, the greatest Kayin Gadol of the Bayesheni, and the beginning of Malchus Yavin, which is Alexander the Great, there should be such a thing that his name is incorporated into the Jewish people. A whole, through the Kayin Gadol. It's the whole Indian of Kayin of Kahanim versus Yavin is that they repel each other. Is that Kahanim keep Yavin out of the Jewish people. And all of a sudden Alexander the Great is being brought into the Jewish people by the Kayin Gadol. It's the opposite of what Hanukkah is. What's going on over here? It's the Okay, so you know, I'll tell you like this, you know, everyone wants to have the most cutting-edge technology, right? The most cutting-edge everything. You want to be cutting-edge. So let me tell you something. There's, there's cutting-edge Tyra, you know? There's cutting-edge technology and there's cutting-edge Tyra. Cutting-edge Tyra is unifying Nigla and Nister. That's cutting-edge Tyra. There's Nigla, there's a revealed Tyra, there's Halacha, there's Nister, there's Pneumius, there's Machshav, there's Chesidus. And that's not cutting-edge. That's, that's always been. What's new, we have a number of tzaddikim that, are, that always were involved with this, but especially our generation that's pushing this. This is the cutting-edge Indian of Tyra, of uniting Nigla and Nister. So, for our little part, to be Meshtatif in that uh, revolution of Tyra, so we'll do our part to try to do that. So let me share with you a quick Dvar Halacha for a couple minutes, then we'll see the Pneumius that comes out of this. We know the Gemara says that the time for lighting Hanukkah licht, when is it supposed to be done? So we know the Gemara says in Shabbos, from the time of night, until there's no people in the marketplace. And as the Gemara explains, that there was this tribe, this, this uh, group of people called the Tarmudoi, and they will be the last ones in the marketplace. Until they're gone, that's the Zman of Hanukkah, as we know why. Because Persimonisa, right? Where are you supposed to light the Hanukkah left? By the doorway, right? Initially, really supposed to be by the doorway. 
<coughs> so that's because the person means you want to publicize the nays. So this the shear is from the time of nightfall, which is when Khan when the night begins, until there's no people in the marketplace. That's the Zman. Now the Gemara says that the Parsume Nisa, who exactly we're publicizing the nace for, actually changes. When you're in Eretz Yisrael, for example, or in a matzah, a time where everything is safe and good, and you're doing the way Hanukkah is supposed to be properly, then where do you light the Hanukkah candles? By the door. And who's the Parsume Nisa for? For the Rosh Hashanah, for the people in the street. But says the Gemara Sasakana, but if you're in a time of danger, either mamish danger or you're afraid of, uh, you know, being out there. So the loch is, then you light inside, which is the prevalent minig in Chutzlars. And then what is the Pesumenisa, who is the Pesumenisa for? So it's no longer for the people of the street, right? Who is it for? For the Bnei Abais, for your own family. What's interesting is, is the question is, does the shir, does the zman of Hanukkah change because of that? Does it change because of that? So it's machlekes between the Machaber and the Ramah, between Tzfarad and Ashkenazim. The Machaber brings down the Shulchan Aruch, that what? That this, that, that where are you supposed to lay Hanukkah licht, and what Persimonis is about, depends. If you're in Eretz Yisrael and so on, in a safe environment, it's for the Bnei Mishnah Like the Gemara says, if it's during a difficult time, you're, you're nervous, then you light inside, and it's for the Persimonis Nisa, it's for the house. But says the Shulchan Aruch, regardless, whether you're lighting outside, or you're lighting inside, whether you're about publicizing to the street, or you're publicizing to your own family, says the Shulchan Aruch, Madlik the time of Hadlaki is what? Is Ad Shatech Ashok. It stays the same. It, even no windows. Even if you're leave, even if you're lighting on the dining room table. No, it doesn't make a difference. Even if you're lighting your dining room table, Ashok means that the Shir of Hanukkah is until the light till there's no one in the street. After that, that's you missed your window of Hanukkah. Says the Ramah, the Ramah disagrees, V'yesh Ayman, says the Ramah, Shemizman Hazeb, and nowadays, in Chutzlaretz, Shemadlik Bifnim, that you're lighting inside, and again, even in a situation where it's not the window, your mom is lighting inside, because it's real Shasa Sakana, ain't it Zarech Lezer, that you don't have to have that window, you don't have to have that time frame of people in the street, it's not about people in the street, it's about the Bnei Abayis, the Bnei Abayis are up, uh, as long as you're lighting, they're, they're around. So it's Machlok, it's Machab, and they're so we all understand the Ramah makes a lot of sense, right? The whole idea of this time period between nightfall and the streets being empty, that, that makes sense. It was established because Persimonisa of the public, of the street. So therefore says the Ramah, but if you're lighting inside, it's for the Bnei Abayis now, then there's no reason to be limited to that, to that uh, moment of time of where people are in the street. The question is in the Machaber, why would, why would Chazal do this in such a way that this man of when you're supposed to light which is clearly this man was established be, assuming that you're lighting outside, why doesn't it change if you then light inside? Why is this man, even if it's Persumenisa, even if the, per, the Persumenisa is for the Bnei Abayis, for the people in the house, why does that not affect this man of lighting Vachatech Lerag Menashuk? Okay, that's the, that's it, okay, Tzvarallach is over. Okay. The Rabbanu made the human being in the following way. The Rabbanu created a person with a natural desire to be mashpia, to be mashpia. This is men in particular, but all people. The Rabbanu made us in such a way where we want to influence that which is outside of us. That's natural. It's normal. It's 100% healthy. Of course, a person has a private life, and you have to build up that inner life. But it's natural, and it's normal, and it's the way the Rabbanu wants it. 
that we have a desire to move out of ourselves, to influence the world around us. This is true as individuals. This is also true as a people. The Rabbanu created the Jewish people with a natural desire and instinct and mission to be mashpia. Now, as an individual person, this desire of being mashpia <coughs> means you have now the opportunity and the desire, the natural instinct, to be mashpia to other people. The Jewish people have this instinct of being mashpia. So what does that mean? It means that they have the natural instinct to be mashpia to outside of them, which means the nations of the world. This is natural for us, just as it's true for an individual that, they, that the person wants to influence other people. The nation of the Jewish people has a natural instinct to influence other nations. This is not only natural because we're human beings as a people. This is part of Avedis Hashem. This is part of the mission of the Jewish people to be, as we know, an Orla Gaim, to influence the nations of the world. Now we know that the Rabbanu Shalom made the world in such a way of Zelu Mazeh. Kishazeh kam zenoifel, right? Remember when Yaakov and Esav are fighting in the womb, right? And so Rashi brings down from Chazal that the way the, our relationship with the Gaim is that if we are using our powers properly, then they remain by us. If we're not using our powers properly, then all of a sudden that same influence, that same kayach, that same power is found in the other side. This instinct, this need, this need of the Jewish people to influence the nations of the world in a positive way and to bring them closer to God, to bring, to, to pour Yiddishkeit from ourselves outward. If we're doing that properly, it's But if we don't do that properly, not only does it mean that we as a people are not living up to our obligations, and more than that, and we're not giving place for that part of us to express itself, the need to influence, but if we don't do that influencing within ourselves, and that kayach of hashpa will be taken by the nations of the world and used against us, where all of a sudden they will want to influence us. The kayach of hashpa, this need of influencing, goes one way or another. If we have it and we use it properly, then we're influencing the nations of the world. If we're not, then the guy we're influencing us. Okay? So that means that we have to influence them. It means we have to use our kayach of the need of Yisrael, to be mashpia. But there's a problem with that. The problem is, is that whenever you are influencing someone, whenever you're trying to be mashpia, it means that you have to have contact with that person, right? Otherwise, how are you supposed to influence them? And the nature is, the reality is, if you are involved with a, the language of Chazal is like this, if you are involved, if you tangle, if you wrestle with a manuval, then you become misnavdal, then you become dirty. I want to influence someone that's, if it, that, that's, that's not on my level. I have no choice but to engage in that person. But the problem is that automatically I am going to be sullied by that experience. So here's the catch-22. The Jewish people are forced by our very nature to be mashpia to the outside world. And if we, not only is that necessary because that's how Hashem made us, but it's also vital because if we don't, then they are going to usurp that power and use it against us. But the Jewish people, on the other hand, don't want to be mashpia in the outside world. Why? Because if we get involved with things that are not as holy as us, then automatically, without, without, even, without doing anything wrong, with doing the right thing, we will be mashpia automatically. If you, you know, it's like there's a famous maestro with the Baal Shem Tev, that the Baal Shem Tev once took one, sent one of his Talmidim to go to a particular uh, shtetl somewhere to be Makar of the Yid, to be Chazik 
And he was there for a few months, a while already. And he came back to the Baal Shem with a message that I was Matzlich, Baruch Hashem, you know, whatever he did, you know, started a shul, whatever the case may be, it was Machaz So Baal Shem said, before you see me, before you do anything, you have to go to the mikvah. Go to the mikvah. So, okay, fine, you know. He goes to the mikvah, comes out of the mikvah, Baal Shem said, let me tell you something. What you did was unbelievably holy. You were a broom. The Rebbeinah needs brooms to go and sweep the floor. But the nature of a broom is that it gets dirty. It did the right thing. It was supposed to do what it had to do. But when I say it got dirty. And so the broom also needs to be cleaned out. So you're mashpia, you're mechazigidin, you get on the unbelievable, the Rebbeinah loves you for that. But the nature of hashpa is that you automatically become connected with the person you're trying to be mashpia on. And if he's dirty, you become dirty. So you have to go to the mikvah. So here's the problem. This is the problem. We have to be mashpia, but we can't. We have to be mashpia, but we can't. This is the struggle of Gaulus. And if we're not mashpia, we're not living up to our own natural instincts, and the guy will be mashpia on us. This is, by the way, the whole mice with Yaakov and Asa. Remember the story when Yaakov is wrestling with the Malach, right? And his hip becomes dislocated, he becomes injured in the thigh. The feet always correspond to that Indian of the person of wanting to be mashpia, of needing to be mashpia. First of all, the brisk haidish, obviously is connected to the lower part of the person. That's physically hashpa. But more than that, even the legs of a person, that's how you interact with others, right? Like, your legs are your mode of transportation. That's how you go. That's how you go out of yourself. Physically, that's how you move. So legs always correspond to that part of you that's the mashpia. The injury to Yaakov's legs means that it seems that no matter what we do, we're going to be injured. Either we don't use our legs, and then the Malach of Esav is using his legs to be mashpia on us, or we do use our legs properly, and we are mashpia in the outside world, but we become solid and dirty because of that. So like, this is a, a catch-22, and it's, an, and it's a continuous cycle. And the Jewish people throughout, throughout Golas have deeply struggled with this. And there's always been two camps, and neither extreme, well, one extreme is definitely <laughs> holier than the other, but especially in the world nowadays, the two extremes are, are very, very not so plausible. You would have Yidin, you would have Kehillahs, Kaidish, and so on, of what? Of Mamish insulating, insulating. No hashpa at all. No hashpa at all to the outside world. The problem is, is that, again, if you're not using your Kayach of hashpa, it has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. And you yourself, you're not living up to what the Eden are supposed to be. Our Lagar is supposed to be like that. Mitzah Shani. Then you would have Merkatsa Lakatsa. Now, com- complete influence. You know, go out there. Uh, there's a difficulty with that too. Call, call, if you're Isaac in it with a novel, you become a novel. So how do we understand this? Alright, so you know, with the two legs, which are connected to Ashpa, we know in the Sermak the right leg corresponds to the Midah, what's called Netzach. It comes from the word Nitzachen, which means conquest, victory. And this, the left leg is the Midah of Hoid. Hoid means Hoidah, acknowledgement, step, stepping back, giving a person space. It's Hoidah. We know that according to this form, everyone knows this, that Hanukkah is connected to the Midah of Hoidah. What is the meaning of that in our context? So here's an Akuda. There's really two types of Hashpah. There's one, the, uh, the hashpah that I've been talking about until now, that's a hashpah that's from the world of Netzach. What does Netzach mean? Netzach means conquest. It means victory. It means you have two people, two peoples, that are really the opposite of each other. So much you have the Jewish people and the nations of the world. We have Kedusha, they're lacking in Kedusha. 
So we want to be mashpia, or in other words, we want to be menatzeach, we want to conquer their territory with Kiddusha for good things. Good things. We're going to be mashpia on them. And so then you have this issue. You have two people now fighting, so to speak, two ideologies that are coming in contact with each other that are the opposite. And may the stronger men win. Call down Gova, right? And so then that is the problem. Uh, even if you win, you're a little bit injured from the experience. There's a way of hashpah that's called hide. What does that mean? Okay, so this is a little bit of a deep idea. Okay, bear with me for a second. Every single one of us has a neshama, yeah? So every, everyone has your own individual neshama. Where is your neshama? In your, in your body, right? That's, right? Maybe a lot of it is in Shemaim. When we talk about when Mashiach comes, we talk about Kibbutz Goliath, right? The ingathering of exiles. Every single one of us have sparks of our own neshama scattered throughout the entire world. Scattered throughout the entire world. When you go to the store and you buy an orange, why is it that you pick that particular orange and not the orange next to it? Why is it that when you went to uh, the store to buy a pen, you pick that particular pen and not the one next to it? So you'll say, okay, that, that pen I like. But you know what? There was other same pens. Why that apple? Why that wife? Why that friend? Why that shul? Why that house? Why that car? Why that mailman? There are pieces of your neshama that are scattered throughout the world. Everything exists. Everything that exists has a soul. And all souls ultimately have to be connected to nishmas Yisrael, to the souls of the Jewish people. When we talk about the ingathering of Golas, the ingathering of the exiles, it doesn't just mean that all the Jewish people, if you have a Vavarfin, a lost Jew somewhere in, in uh, Oklahoma, the Mashiach will come, he'll come back home. He'll come back there to Israel. It's much more expansive than that. Your Avaida in life is to create an ingathering of your own Neshama, which means there's a part of your Neshama from the beginning of time that's been lost throughout the world and somehow finds its way in that particular orange. And you're avoiding when you go to the grocery store, it's a big Indian, a big Indian. You go to the grocery store, you take that orange. And that orange was a shidduch from the beginning of time. You know why? Because what's giving life to that orange is your own nisham. It's a piece of your own nisham. And now when you take that orange and you peel it, now you have a big, a big nisayin on your hands. Are you going to make a bracha? You're going to make a bracha. If you don't make a bracha, then that piece of your nisham is still in Gaulus. And it just finds its way into another orange at some point. It's nisgalgel. It becomes reincarnated in something else. Or you make a bracha, and you follow halacha, and you follow shulchan aruch, and then all of a sudden, Mashiach came to that part of that nisham, and it becomes reincorporated into its bigger body called you. This is true for oranges, it's true for pens, it's true for mailmen, it's true for everything. The, in Pneumius HaTorah, in its deepest, in the deepest sense, there really is never an interaction between a Jew and a guy. There really is never any interaction between a Jew and a guy. Pnimi pnimi is in the deepest senses of life, in the deepest recesses of the neshama. Every time you speak to a non-Jew, what you're really speaking to is a part of yourself in that non-Jew. Every time you interact with anything, there is no such thing as a Yid interacting with something that's not Yiddish. 
There's no such thing as a yid interacting with anything that's not a spark of him of his own nisham. This is the secret of Hanukkah. Let's understand. The secret of Hanukkah is, is the way to influence the outside world by never touching them. What does that mean? It doesn't just mean to be all yourself and they'll learn from you automatically. It means that there is a way of communicating, of interacting with the outside world and never getting affected by it. You know why? Because you never actually communicated with the non-Jewish world. All you communicated with was the Jewish part of the non-Jewish world. This is the secret of Hanukkah. Let me share with you a few lines from Tzadik HaKai. Listen to what he writes. <clears throat> the Chiddush, what happened on Hanukkah, that moment when we conquered the Greeks, when the Nitzachin, when that, when, that, when that war was won by the Chashvenoyim, that war was much greater than just something that happened in the world history that allowed there to be a Jewish monarchy for the next few hundred years. Something altogether took place that changed everything, which is that the Yavanim, which is what? Which is the embodiment of the nations that were trying to influence us. The conquest of Yavan means that now we can officially influence the nations of the world without ever, ever allowing them to influence us. How so? I thought whenever you're in, you wrestle something dirty, you get dirty. The answer is, that's only with Netzach. But with Hashpah in the way of Haid, what does Haid mean? Haid means to actually withdraw. Haid means I admit, I acknowledge, I'm giving you your space. How could that be Hashpah? How could one of one's legs, which means how you influence, how could one influence in a way where you're actually giving the other person room and you're not touching the other person? The answer is, the secret of Hanukkah is, we have to be in Arla Gai and we have to influence, we have to penetrate every single recess of this universe to bring the entire planet, the entire universe, Telekos, to Godliness. But the way to do that is by, not in, by never touching anything outside of Yiddishkeit. How so? By realizing, by having this deep amuna, this deep way of thinking, that every interaction you have with even a non-Jew, I don't know why I'm picking on mailman. Uh, the guy is a mailman, and you say good morning. There's no way, if, if, you, if, a, if a person understood what a yid is, and you understood what a non-Jew is, it's an impossibility for there to be a conversation between a yid and a, and a, yid and a guy. It's, it's different. There's no common tongue. There's no common language. We come from opposite ends of the universe. The only way for there to be really in Pneumius, a conversation between Yisrael and Masailam is because you're talking to that part of you that's in Golis in the, in the mailman. And this is why every interaction you have with the nations of the world, whether it be a mailman or in business, how many people, how many times do we have a conversation with the people and they're like, ah, oh, it's they just want to be able to be with Yidin. And Baruch Hashem, those that are blessed to be involved in business that are like, you know, surrounded with from Yidin, it comes with his own challenges. But Baruch Hashem, at least, you know, there's a common language. But what happens when the business that you're involved in, and even Jewish businesses, yeah, at some point you have to deal with people that are not from Munz, right? So how do you engage with that? How do you keep that head on? How do you do How do you be there without being brought down? The answer is the same way how you eat an orange. When you realize that it's not the orange that you have a shaykhist to, there's no way a Jew can have a shaykhist to an orange. You have shaykhist to your own neshama. That's kibbutz goliath. This is the secret of Hanukkah. The secret of Hanukkah is to be for the Kayin Gadol. Kayin Gadol means very Jewish. That's what Kayin Gadol means. Very, very Jewish. Very Jewish. Everything with the accent, mamish, very Jewish. Very Yiddish. One second, one second, one second. Kayin Gadol means very Jewish. The Indian of, of Hanukkah is 
that that yachas, that absolute purity of Nishmas Yisrael, is 100% through and through and solid, no matter what level of interaction you have with the outside world. I started reading a line from Ratzadik, and now I remember that I should read it. Okay, let me, let me share with you the line. It says like this. The Mamaki Halev in the depths of the Jewish heart, Meir or This light of Hoid, the light of Hanukkah, is burning bright. Which means the coal and he says as follows. The Nisbar and the light of Hanukkah clarifies, the Mamaki Lavovis in the depths of the Jewish heart, a Jew is always attached to God and nothing else. The Kol Khibur Mamumas and their entire interaction, the, any relationship you have with the nations of the world, the emes lamitai, an emes lamitai, who rak liklai nitzutse What you're really having a connection with is the spark of your own neshama inside of that person. And every single time you interact with anything outside of yourself, you are Mashiach at that moment. You are trying to bring geula to that part of yourself that's lost. That's what it means, makabiz nincha yisro. And the Rizal said this. The Rizal said that when you daven, when you say in Shemineser, takabiz shayfer gadol chirusenu, and you daven to Hashem, there should be kibbutz goliath. You're not only davening that that day that there should literally be a shofar blown and all of Kalei Yisrael should come back with Mashiach. Of course we're davening for that. But on a much more personal level, said that Rizal, what you should think in mind, have in mind, is that every single part of my own neshama should be brought back to me. That Rabbi Shalom, I should be zaychet to make brachas properly, to interact with other yidin properly, to interact with things of this world properly, to interact with the nations of the world properly in a way of hide, in a way that who I'm talking to is myself through them. This is what Hanukkah is about. This is the yachas between us and the Jewish people. Let's understand, this is the nace of the Shaman. The, we have two miracles of Hanukkah, yeah? You have the miracle of the conquest of Yavon, and you have the miracle of the oil. The conquest of Yavon means our ability to absolutely conquer the nations of the world and influence them without sullying our yichas, akiyuzeh. The week of Yikahanim Gedoylem, with the greatest, the biggest purebred Yidin, Mamish, only Jewish people without any shemets of anything on the outside, and at the same time we're conquering Yavan. How so? Because it's too hide. We've never really communicated with a guy. It's always through Yidin. It's always the part of you in the guy. This is the nace of the Shemin as well. Why is it that when you light a candle, the candle burns out, it consumes the oil and it burns out the wick? You know why? Because at that moment there's a conflict. There's fire, and the fire is coming in contact with something that's not fire. That's called a wick, or that's called oil. And called on Govar, may the best man win. And guess what? Fire wins. So fire consumes. And at some point, it consumes all the oil, and it consumes all the wick. And then all you have is fire. The secret of Hanukkah is, is that when they lit that shaman of the menorah, you know why it didn't consume the wick, and it didn't consume the oil? It's because the fire wasn't touching the wick, and the fire wasn't touching the oil. The fire was finding the part of fire that's in the wick, and it was finding the part of fire that's in the oil. We know this, and it's actually a concept that was expanded upon by the Greek philosophers. Is that everything, everything in the world has four elements to it, right? Earth, wind, fire, and water. And even if something that's not fire, it has fire in it. And something that's not water, has some water in it, has some heat in it. The, pshat, the, 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 the significance of that miracle was is that the fire didn't need to consume the wick because it wasn't touching the wick. Ah, it was touching the wick. Nah, it looks like it. It was only touching the fire of the wick. It was only touching the fire of the oil. The nace of the Shemin is itself the nace of the Nitzachin of the Muhammad, of conquering Greece and never touching Greece at the same time. This is why the Kayin Gadol Bayesheni, Shimrat Sadik, brings the name Alexander Mukhtin into the Jewish people. You know why? 
because it was never Alexander's name. It was always a Jewish name. What, El- what Shimon Tzadik was able to clarify is he was able to sift through the clip of Yovan and to find the needs of Kedusha, the Jewish name that was in Alexander. And by doing so, that itself weakens Rome, weakens Greece. That's what gives our ability to conquer Greece is because the name Alexander is amongst the Jewish people. This is why by the big tzaddikim, that's why it's not so posh. You know, you have to have, you have to be, you know, the big tzaddikim were involved in this, of taking, let's say it's well known, right? Valtanya, others, Sassamas, they would take non-Jewish nigunim, right? And convert them, to Megayar them. So how does that work? It's because the tzaddik is able to go into that place and to clarify that if there is a, when the tzaddik, when the Valtanya, whatever the tzaddik might be, when they hear that nigun and they feel that hisragshas, that itself, they're so, frank, they're so purely Jewish, they're so purely Kahanim Gedoyal and these Sadiqim that if they have any level of Hisragshas from anything on the outside, it means that that's a, it's a Jewish Indian. Automatically it's a Jewish Indian. So it's not taking from the outside, it's rescuing from the outside. That's what the Sadiqim were doing it. This is why, by the way, in Allah we find this when, when it comes to Geirim, literally, converts, it's the same Indian, right? A Geirus is this in its most extreme form where you're literally revealing and pulling out of that non-Jew a holy neshama to such a degree that the person himself is completely turned over into being a Yid. This is why, you know, there's a Gemara in Yuvamis on Menzayim and Alf where it talks about when a non-Jew comes to convert, what's the, you know, how are we supposed to deal with that? So the Gemara says, let read a few lines from Abraisa. The Gemara says like this, Ton Rabbanam, Ger Shabol is Geir, which is interesting language, a convert that comes to convert. It's a guy that comes to convert. I don't know. Because really, he already was a ger. A ger shabal is geyer. A person that comes to, a convert that comes to convert. Bizman is that nowadays. So what's our initial reaction? Oh, like we, what do we do? We push him away, right? We say, we say, Mari Isa, Shabbos, Lizchuyah, want to be, to, to, to be megayer. Iyeti, Yodeshi, Yisrael, Bizman is that, Tchuyim, Tchufim. Well, you know, Yidin are oppressed. They're, 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 they're pushed aside. What do you want to be a Yid for? And what do we want him to respond? The response to the Gemara says we want him to say, Halavaya Shabiyyid, Halavaya Shabiyyid. And then the Gemara says, fine, says the Gemara, now you bring him close. But it's interesting, even after you bring him close, says the Braisa, we're still not finished pushing him away. Because then we begin to go back and forth. We say, we start to teach him some mitzvahs. And the mitzvahs that we teach him, we specifically pick hard ones, and we specifically pick easy ones. So we talk about, we say to them, the Bryce says, we talk about uh, chametz on Pesach. We say, you know, without conversion, you go donuts, bagels, whatever you want. All of a sudden, now that you're a Yid, the little bit of chametz is karis. And the other hand, we talked about nice things. You have a Hanukkah for bringing. Right, what's wrong with that? Everyone would love this. So it's very confusing. What are we doing? I mean, once he, once, I understand why we initially push him away, because we want to figure out whether he's authentic or not, right? Whether he's legit. And he, and he said, he wants it. And that, that's proof that he's legit. So now be Makar of him. So what do we invite there back and forth, pushing him away, bringing him close? The answer is, once we clarify that this person is speaking words of honesty, that he really wants to be a Yid, <coughs> then our job is to communicate with the Jew inside of him. How do you communicate with the Jew inside of him and not with the non-Jewish part of who he is? So we have this game back and forth. We push, we pull... <coughs> We push away, we pull close. And by going back and forth, what halacha is doing is giving a framework for the bezdin to communicate to the nesham inside that guy and not the guf. That's what's happening. That's what Geras is. That's how we are mashpi in the outside world with height. 
This is the secret of Yosef and Yehuda. Chazal say, right? Chazal say that when Mashiach comes, what's going to be the main job of Mashiach? I mentioned this one in the Shirman. I think in the Navi Shirim, I talked about this once. That what exactly is the job of Mashiach? You know, when the Pasuk says when Mashiach comes, it says that no one, Yid is going to need, you're not going to need Rebbeim. I'll be out of business. Why? Well, you know, there's just Chavera, because every Yid is going to be, be out of business. Okay, thank you. So, <laughs> We'll find something for you to do. So it's like, so, why? Well, because there's just Chavera. Every Yid is going to have their own connection with Rabbi Hashem. You'll be a little Balshant of yourself. You won't need anyone. So what's Mashiach going to do? So Chazal say an amazing thing. Chazal say that the, the preoccupation of Mashiach himself is going to be teaching the nations of the world. Which means Yehuda, the name of Davra Melch, is to go out. To go out. He has this desire to be Mashpiyah. When Shlomo HaMelech, who was the first Mashiach ben David, literally, he was the first anointed person who was the son of David. The first Mashiach of David, he built the Beis HaMikdash. You don't say from Allah when he dedicates the temple, you know what the focal point of his whole speech is? That this house, the Beis Hashem, the Beis HaMikdash, is going to be now a place that the whole world will be able to focus on. And every single person in humanity will now daven towards the Beis HaMikdash. It was a universal message. Yehuda means to go out. What's Yeshua Tzadik? Yosef Tzadik runs away from the nations of the world. Yosef Tzadik means insular, means inside. Mashiach ben Yosef means inside, inside, ghettos, walls, walls, walls. You know what Chanukah is? Chanukah is Yosef and Yehuda together. How do you influence and at the same time never, ever, ever engage in a non-Jew through the way of height, of realizing that every interaction you have with anything in the world is with a part of yourself that's engulfed in that thing. Let's go back to the Machaber and the Ramah, remember? So the Gemara said that the Zman of Hanukkah, the Zman of Hanukkah is what? Is that Let me tell you something, you know, just on the side for a second. The Gemara said, I mentioned this before, that who's the people in the Shuk that you're specifically trying to be Mefar Nays for? That's bad. Ragla Tamri Doi. You know there's a Gemara in Yuvamis, just to cross-reference it. Where else is this Tamri Doi people talked about? There's a Gemara in Yuvamis on Yud Zayin and the Alpha the Gemara talks about that the Tamri Doi people were a tribe that had their eyes on Jewish women. They sp- the issue of intermarriage was very strong with Tamidoi. Said the Yishvitzer, you know what it means? Until we eradicate the influence of the Tamidoi. That's the secret of Hanukkah, is to be able to be Mavar, to clarify with the Nishmas Yisrael how pure we are, that despite the fact that God forbid, God forbid, even an intermarriage, God forbid the lowest thing, the worst thing in the world, even then, Emes, Bemes, Bame Vinyavin. It's Emes Lamita, it's only Yidin. A yid with a yid. That's famous how it is. It's an impossibility. Until the tichla means not just that there's no foot in the street. It means it's destroyed. The inyan of tamidoy, the klip of tamidoy. There's such a this this intermingling between Yiddish and the non-Jewish world. It's an impossibility. So let's go back. So the whole we had a kasha on the mechaber. The mechaber said that on the one hand, when you light inside, who's the person you need for? For the bnei abayis, for your own family, and yet. The, sh- the Zman of Hanukkah, which is about going on the outside, pursuing this on the outside, doesn't change. You know why? Because what does it mean, pursuing this on the outside? Well, we want to have Goyim know about Hanukkah. That's not the point. The whole thing of Hanukkah is that when you are mefarsing the nays to the nations of the world, really what you're being, mef- who you're publicizing the nays to is a piece of your own family in the outside. Pursuing Isa, the etzim doesn't change in Pneumius. Whether you're being mefarsing, whether you're publicizing the nays to the nations of the world, or you're publicizing this to your own family. Either way, really what you're doing is publicizing the nays to your own family. Because it's either your own family in the walls of your home, or it's a lost part of your family in the outside streets. 
It's the same Indian. The Machlagis between the Ramon and the Machaber is always Lishitasam. The Machaber, which is the world of Svarah, the world of Svardim, the world of Svardim are much more connected to Primis HaTorah. The way of Kabbalah, Svardim are much more open with these types of ideas. Asa Ashkenazim were late to the party. So Svardim are more open to Primis HaTorah. The Machaber is paskining from the vantage point of Primis, of Emes Lamitai. And the way of Emes Lamitai, the Persume Nisa of inside and outside never changed. So the Zman, which is based on the pursuits of the outside, is also not going to change now that you're lighting on the inside. Nothing changed. The Ramah, who's the world of Ashkenaz, which is Nebuch, far from Eretz Yisrael, and only now, Chesidus especially, it's getting closer and closer to the world of Sfardim to bring Primus Atar back into the forefront. But the Ramah is paskening based on Nigla, based on the revealed. On the outside, of course it looks different. On the one hand, you're lighting outside for Goyim, and then you light it for your own family. It's a whole different universe. So of course this man changes. But the Mechaber is revealing the Primus of Hanukkah. The Primus of Hanukkah is that every single thought, word, and action that you've ever had in your life was always Yiddish, was always Jewish, it was always holy, it was always Bekdushim Tahara. This is, by the way, why Avas Yisrael and Diba Chaverim, a feeling united with other Yidin, is so important. You know why? Because there is no one else. There is no one else in our world. You don't have an option. If you don't like Yidin, then guess what? You don't have another option. There is, no, in out, in, there is nothing but Knesset Yisrael from our vantage point. There is nothing but Knesset from our vantage point. Any interaction you have is Be'emes Knesset Yisrael. It's a part of Knesset which is lost. Avas Yisrael is so vital, it's so connected to Hanukkah, because that's all there is by us. It's simply all there is. Any year that you have an interaction with, it means that person, Bahashkoch HaPratis, is deeply connected to your Nisham. And, to, and if a person has Nisham, you know, to, to, to distance oneself from another year, it's distancing oneself from oneself. It has to be done healthily and normally, obviously. There's times for everything, there's ways to do things, but L'maysa Avas Yisrael, Div Chaverim, Aferbrengen, like this, that's what it's about. That's what, that's what it's about. This is Parsume Nisa. The biggest Parsume Nisa is to be Mepharas and the Nes to every single corner of this world and remaining a kind Godel, Marmish, pure should be pure at the same time. Hashem should give us the chizik. But each and every one of us, when we go into the, you know, into the world of business and the world of uh, just the world around us, it's very difficult to remain isolated in that way. But we have to connect ourselves to Light of Hanukkah. Light of Hanukkah says that you always are isolated. And every time you interact with anything of the outside, it should be with a tefillah, be mispal, davin. You should have this davening, say this to yourself, break chakras, and it should be like the assumption going throughout the whole day that any interaction I have with anything that's outside of Knesset Yisrael, it should be in a way for one simple kavana, I should bring Mashiach to that moment, I should bring Mashiach to that experience, Mashiach to myself. When enough Yidin do this, when there's enough kibbutz goliaths that take place within individual neshamas, then it's only a matter of time till I manifest outwardly with the kibbutz goliaths. Hashem should reveal to us. That as we kindle light of Hanukkah Lech, which says that everything is a Jewish house, everything is a Jewish home, everything is Knesset Yisrael, Hashem should reveal that truth in a revealed way, Beinayim Nigliyim, Bepoel Mamish, Lamatim Yasar Tfachim, Avata Echad, Beshimcha Echad, Mi Kamchi Yisrael, Gayachad Barat, Tviyas Kol Tzedek, Meherbi Menor. Amen.